Rebel Radio is brought to you by Finn.com. Let me ask you a question. Why would you spend time doing stuff you don't have to do? Let Finn handle your administrative tasks so you can be more productive and focus on the stuff that's really going to build your business, grow your career, or just let you enjoy more free time for yourself. I'm using it to book travel. I have them scheduling meetings for me. Uh, I'm using Finn even to do research on Rebel Radio guests and help me get through that process more quickly. Like any good assistant, Finn knows my preferences, remembers my contacts, all that stuff. And what I love most about it is I can access it through the website, the mobile app, through email. You could even call them. I don't know why anybody would want to talk on the phone anymore, but you can if you want to. It saved me hours and hours since I started using it. And because you listen to Rebel Radio, I'm going to hook you up and let you try Finn for free. Go to Finn.com slash Rebel and get a free trial of Finn. That's Finn.com slash Rebel to try Finn for free. Finn.com slash Rebel. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Julian here, representing the Major Laser crew. And you're listening to Rebel Radio. Keep it locked. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh Rebel Radio is going down. Would you say Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I talk to the Rebels that are shaping youth culture. We find out how they do it, why they do it, and what you can do to get a little piece of the pie for yourself. We're also the only show featuring new music every week from our friends over at EDM.com. Check it out. This week we are coming at you live from the Collision Conference in New Orleans. This is our first of three episodes uh, recorded live on site. Big shout out to Collision. It was a great conference if you haven't been. Get out there. Check it out. I think it's going to Toronto next year. Uh, and you're going to want to be there. My guest, I caught up with the Jillionaire, uh, one-third of Major Laser. He's an incredible DJ, producer, artist, entrepreneur. He's uh, blending EDM with Caribbean music, kind of on the forefront of that. And he's also, he's going to tell us everything he's got going on. He's launched his own label. He's uh, partnered with Bacardi to be a minister of rum and create... Uh, Create a special major laser edition Bacardi. He also has a bar, Clyde's Bar in Brooklyn. Lots of good stuff going on with Jillionaire and some great lessons about how he's uh, striking out on his own and how his love of technology has really driven him through his career. We'll get into that right after the EDM.com track of the week. Yo, that's Trippy the K 
Kid with Chin Up, the EDM.com track of the week. Get over to EDM.com, check out new music, and let's get into our interview with Jay Nate. What makes you want to come to Collision? Um, well, I mean, I, I come from a tech background. You know, okay. I've been, um, I had a computer since I was born pretty much like we had a TRS-80 then we had a Big 20 and a Commodore 64 so yeah I grew up around computers and then that's what I studied in school and then that's what I did that's what I did for 10 years and then I left that and I went into hospitality food and beverage and then you know eventually went into to entertainment to DJ and all. sure so it's part of my background yeah sure um and um I, I got asked to speak at a conference last year called uh, Slush, okay. which is in Helsinki. Okay. They do a big tech conference over there, and then they just recently added a new component called Slush Music. Nice. So I spoke at Slush Music last year, and, it, and um, yeah, they invited me to come down here, so I figured, well, why not, you know? Yeah, yeah. New Orleans is a beautiful city, and uh, um, I hope to meet some fun and interesting people. For sure. And learn some new stuff, you know? So I want to... I always like to go back to the beginning. I think it tells us a lot yeah. about a person. Do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? I don't remember the first record I ever bought for myself, but I do remember being, you know, I don't know, seven years old, listening to some of my dad's cassettes. <laughs> and the two cassettes that I would listen to all the time were Carlos Santana. Okay. Um, I can't remember which album was it. Black and it's a black and white cover. Yeah. It was this one with Jingle on it. And uh, Olivia Newton-John. Physical. Yes. Oh yeah. And those two cassettes I would listen to all the time. And. Growing up in Trinidad and Tobago, we listened to a lot of, well, there's a lot of pop music on the radio, you know, yeah. so then after that it was, you know, Prince, When Doves Cry, um, Culture Club, Clock of the Heart, like all that sort of stuff. Sure. But then also soca music, reggae music, dancehall music, calypso, you know, all of that stuff as well. And I think I, when I first started buying um, albums was again on cassette and it was maybe when I was in high school about 13 14 years old and there was a there was a record shop called downtown outlaws and i would go there and buy cassettes and they would sell they would sell original cassettes and they'd sell bootlegs as well and i never had a, a copy machine and i'd buy both so i'd buy the original cassettes you know um dela soul three feet high and rising um krs1 i forget which album it was um midnight marauders um, all of this stuff from that era and I'd buy the original one so I could have the liner notes oh, yeah, and yeah. see who produced what and, and you know what which song sample what and then I would also buy the bootleg to play you know because I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't you know like you can lend somebody a cassette like you'd lend somebody your, your, sure. your cassette and then they would stretch it and then give it back to you and then you, are you a kid you're just like what do I do yeah I said it was CDs after that it's like you can't lend somebody a CD you know like after after the first one you lend out you learn your lessons like that you know like, I'm, not, I'm not lending you my CD but yeah. Um, so yeah so I would I would I would buy 
we'll see yeah hip hop at the time you know and then once I got into college and I started DJing I'd buy you know like more reggae and dance or stuff so it kind of evolved through time so was there a first like big break when you you realized that this was this was going to be your career honestly no I um I was DJing out of high school into college and I was DJing like on a proper like reggae sound system like we uh -huh. just used to play like we had stacks and stacks of reggae records sure. and, you know um, being a DJ back then was it was an episode you know you had to have a friend with a car and then you would have a big a big we call it a coffin or a dead man like a big box full of 12 inches and you yeah. have a smaller box full of 45s and then in some instances you didn't even have to walk with your own equipment so you have to have your own sound system you know and even if you didn't have your own um, speakers or, or you have to walk with your own speakers or turntables or whatever you'd still have to walk with your little echo, echo chamber and your, 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 you had your special mic and so on so there was a lot that went into it and um, there was there was only room for so many people in the space at the time uh -huh. you know yeah. and um, it was a fun hobby it was a very expensive hobby my mother my parents at one point uh, thought that I had some type of addiction because they were trying to because you know I didn't keep any of this stuff at home it's my friend's house and it was like yeah, yeah. where's all your money going what are you doing you know and um, once I got out of college got a real job um, it kind of went to the side because I figured well yeah you know this is a fun hobby but it's expensive you know it requires a lot of resources and you don't make money well you didn't you didn't make money back then because the money that you made went right back into buying equipment yeah. buying turntables etc etc so and then um, I did, yeah I did IT consulting for 10 years and then I quit my job I opened a, a bar and restaurant and then I would DJ in between gigs you know um, I did that for three years and then I figured I could go back and get a desk job or I could give DJ a shot, a, a shot you know and I started from you know obviously at the time I was working with Diplo. I mean, he, you know, like what he was doing, what we were doing wasn't as big as it is now, you know, but he was getting a lot of buzz off for like the Fader stuff and the sure. Violet Funk stuff and so on. But I never really wanted to ride anybody, anybody's coattails, you know, so I kind of struck out um, on my own career, you know. Mm -hmm. So I tried to, you know, well, I transitioned from just being like Diplo's weird island friend to, you know, like a DJ in my own right and right. chasing gigs and sleeping on couches and you know taking taking the, taking the bus you know from LA to Sacramento yeah and you know um, a lot of Amtrak a lot of Airtran I wonder yeah, if, I don't even know if Airtran is still no, around I think it's gone now yeah exactly it was, that was that was the experience sleeping on a lot of couches <laughs> and um, yeah just going around America playing music you know at the, at the time there was a circuit of small weekly parties that you could hit up yeah that unfortunately don't exist anymore 
and you would just kind of do that and build your name and do little mixes and do little remixes and then you eventually make your own music so yeah it was a it was it was a growth process you know it's it's, it's not and i mean it was different for me being older because i wasn't 20 years old lying in bed going oh i'm gonna be a edm superstar like that didn't even exist you know like right, like right, it was right. still, you know like this whole thing is still relatively new you know and i mean you know eight ten years ago so what was that moment when you were like had to pinch yourself like because obviously now you know major lasers worldwide i think i think when we did coachella yeah you know i think that first year that we did coachella in 2013 um kind of really made me look at it this thing differently you know because you know we we don't really live with our head, heads in the clouds you know we kind of keep our heads down we do what we have to do we work constantly you know we continually trying to to grow personally and in our career and so on and i remember the first year we did coachella in that little tent and, and looking out there and seeing how many people were out there and i was like yo we might be onto onto something you know <laughs> yeah yeah and then it was just kind of it was just kind of exponential growth from there, you know, we went on, we did, we did lean on. so far is that we were able to go to Cuba and we were able to go to Cuba and perform for over half a million people you know and it's not going to Cuba it's not about the numbers you know because we thought oh maybe maybe 5,000 people will show up you know um, and if 5,000 people had showed up we would have been just as yeah. grateful as if you know half a million people showed up so for us it's really about yeah just kind of like constant growth and challenging yourself but also staying excited you know because at the end of the day we're DJs first you know we explorers first so we still like to go and see you know go into the local neighborhood see what people are doing see what they're interested in see what they're listening to you know what's playing on the radio what's playing in the clubs so it's it's you know it's a constant um, constant journey a constant exploration hey if you're digging this one let's go back in the rebel radio archives check out my interview with OK that's double O-K-A-Y uh, it was one of my first interviews and one of our most popular interviews since we launched this thing. He's an EDM DJ, producer. He's hilarious on social media. He's um, got some great stories about just how his hustle and determination and uh, just kind of having fun with it has allowed him to build a great career. You're going to like that one. Uh, but let's finish up with Jillionaire first. So what? I know you're you're involved in a bunch of businesses. You got your own label. You got the, the bar guides. Yeah. Um, I know you're working with Bacardi, maybe other brands. Uh, what are the lessons from like you from coming up or from working with Major Laser that you apply to the rest of your business? Um, work ethic. You know, um, I feel like. That's something that I learned very early on. Early on, from West, you know, was just work ethic. So describe that. What's 
just I mean I think that I think that a lot of times people look at you and they figure oh like this guy is just you know he's partying he's getting drunk and he's for you know he's you know but the thing about it, it's like it's it's not really like that you have to have a lot of discipline you know you have to have a strong work ethic you have to have a very strong will because you have to be able to come off stage go to bed wake up the next morning catch a flight yeah. you know and still do daytime activities you still have to answer emails you still have to answer phone calls you still have to do conference calls you still have to you know um, work on music you still have to work on stuff you still have to email back and forth with people you know you still have to re review contracts etc 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 and yeah you might have a team and yeah your team will continue to grow over time but you still have to be aware like you still have to put in work you know yeah. and I think that one of the most unfortunate aspects of the Instagram generation is that a lot of kids aren't aware of the work that goes into sure. standing on stage, you know, and they just figure like, oh, like I can do that. I can go straight to that point, you know, not realizing that you have to really um, make a commitment, you know. Yeah. But yeah, you know, so I think that's, yeah, commitment, that's dis discipline, yeah. work ethic, being humble, you know. I mean, DJing is a very, a very humbling experience, you know. Why is that? Because the pictures that you see on the Instagram or the pictures, you know, of that's the, that's the ones where a lot of people came out. Sometimes there's some ones, you know, that not that many people come out. They, they have fun, right? you know? Yeah. But um, maybe, you know, maybe some some of their friends didn't get that email, you know? But, <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, so it, I guess it's different for everyone. But for me, you know, I just try to stay grounded, stay level, and, and you know, and, and kind of keep my head down and keep working. Yeah. So I know you you're doing this stuff with Bacardi. Yeah. Uh, your minister of rum. Yeah. And and uh, the the major laser edition. First of all, I think that's amazing. I love, I love what you're doing with that. Uh -huh. um, I think it's really smart for them. What's the, what concerns did you have? I, I've seen some interviews where you talked about like how it's important to bring, you know, bring your culture to to the discussion of rum, right? So like, working with a big brand like that, I know a lot of things can go wrong. Mm -hmm. What so what what concerns did you have about going into that? Just authenticity, making yeah. sure that you know that what you're doing is is, is legit. You know, um, I think that's that's probably the the, the, the biggest thing. You know, um, making sure that you are sending the right message. Yeah. You know, making sure that people know the story behind the product, mm. and that applies to music as well. I think that, you know, we have entered in, the one thing that the information age has granted us is that we, entered, we have entered, been able to enter into a new era now where people are able to tell their stories and they're able to tell their background stories as well, you know. I mean, back in, back in the day when you had a song, you didn't know who wrote the song, who produced the song, or you know, and now, and now it's like, you know, you have people like, you know, you look at somebody like Bruno Mars who went from like a songwriter, you know, he gained fame, you know, was like, oh, you wrote this song, you wrote it for Rihanna, you wrote this one, that one. And now you know he's a star on his own. You know, same thing. You know, with 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 um, 
with Ed Sheeran, you know, being, you know, having, you know, Ed Sheeran wrote Cold Water for Justin Bieber, you know, and, and so on and so on. So there's a lot more stories to be told now. And it's just like, how do you tell these stories of people that may have been marginalized in the past or who may have been, you know, kind of like pushed into a niche, you know? So how do you shine a light on what the, the what people are doing in the Africas or in South America or in the Caribbean, you know? How do you tell the story? How do you tell their story, or how do you help them tell their story? You know, how do you provide authenticity, so that, um, you know, for instance, when we work with Bacardi, we went to Puerto Rico. You, you know, we went to Jacksonville. We went to the distillery. We went to the factory. You know, we went through the whole process. You know, how do we tell that story? How we? How do I tell my story of being involved? in Roma, you know, and, have, and coming from that background and how that relates to my culture sure. in Trinidad and Carnival and so on and so on. And kind of bringing the whole thing, whole thing full circle. So not only is it engaging for the consumer, but it's also educational as well. So they, they, they can look at something and go, oh, I didn't even know that, you know, and, and they, 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 there's more of a, a takeaway for them than just, you know, um, here's like a cool package or here's a cool sure, sure. cross-branded partnership, yeah, yeah. you know. So when you think about that, what do you think brands, you know, other than putting money in the artist's pocket what what can brands offer the culture well i think that's a conversation the brands need to have with the, with, the, with their ambassadors you know in, in terms of okay so you are an ambassador yeah. what what's what's what step change do you want to see and then how can we facilitate that you know i think that um i think that the that the brands that really succeed at these type of partnerships are the ones that engage in a lot more facilitation sure. as opposed to just like oh here's some money because money is cool i mean yeah that's great thanks you know but at the same time how can we make uh, a change in a community how can we make a change in people's global perceptions how can we make a change in terms of highlighting the works of you know it might be a musician or a contemporary artist or something how do we do some how do we do stuff like that to, so that we can bring more people into the conversation, you know, um, and I think that that's that's where that's where the brands can really really succeed. Okay, um, I'm doing a quick lightning round before sure. I let you go. Go um, for it. Tell me one decision that changed your life forever. One decision that changed my life forever is probably deciding to open the corner bar, 20 RP Avenue in Trinidad, and nice. I made that decision in about 2006, 2007, and things have not been the same since. Mm. If I was on your team, what's something I would hear you say over and over? If you were on my team, you would probably hear me use a lot of obscene language over and over. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I adhere to a high standard personally, and as such, I, I hold the people around me to a very high standard. Um, but I am trying to, to work through that and, understand, and learn how to... Um, Learn how to motivate and inspire the people around me, and how okay. to and how to play to their strengths, and help them grow through their weaknesses. And that might sound like some, you know, some um, MBA bullshit, but it's it's real, you know, and it's real. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's 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 hard, you know, because I have to understand that, you know, everybody's journey is not my journey, and I and I need to acknowledge that. And I need to to acknowledge that in the way that I communicate to my team you know and, and in a way that I, I inspire my team you know in that yeah so I am I can be a very hard person because I'm a hard worker as well but at the same time I also like to acknowledge 
successes and give credit where credit sure, is due. Sure. I mean, that's, that's such a different skill set than, yeah. than the things that you need coming up. Yeah. Um, what? Who would you be most excited to learn as a fan of your work? I think that... Um, I think that I would be more interested in meeting with people that want to collaborate on ideas, whether it is musical ideas or social ideas or cultural ideas or culinary ideas, as opposed to, you know, I mean, being a fan is cool, you know, and I mean, there, there are lots of people that I have met in my career that I was a huge fan of. David Rodigan mm. always comes to mind. I met Rodigan. And he's back. he's a he's a legend and I've always I always was and continue to be a fan of his. You know, but I think that to use that as, a, as an example, it has been far more inspiring to see him become someone that is in my life that I could sure. reach out to if I if you know if we are in the same city, you know, yeah, and, and right. we can somebody that you can engage with you know so I think that I think that you know being able to engage and and and, and have a conversation around like you know with like-minded in, individuals with similar thinkers is, is is what's more important for me nice what's the last great book you read the last great book I read the last I mean I should be able to answer this question what was the last book I read it's always hard to think of. But what I'm saying is I, sh I should know because, you know, I'm reading a book right now called The Grain Brain, which is about oh, yeah. the relationship between what we put into our bodies and the and gut gut health, you know, stomach health. Are you grain-free? Uh, what's that? Are you grain-free? I'm not grain-free, but, you know, I'm paying, I'm paying more attention now yeah, to, to, what, to what I eat and what I put into my body. Right. And again, how it affects mental health and how it affects, you know, the, the brain condition. And I'm also reading a book called Consuming the Caribbean, mm. which has to do with, um, like, you know, just art, culture, music, everything, you know, and, and, and how that has been, you know, moving into the global landscape. Nice. But what was the last book I read, boy? I mean, I want to say that there was, oh, the last good book I read was um, Rodigan's, um biography. I had to read it for... I had to review it for for, for, for Billboard magazine or oh, Ro nice. Rolling Stone or one of these guys, and that was the last good book I read. I read David Rodigan's biography, and it's a it's an excellent book. He's a he's a fascinating storyteller, and sure. I would I would recommend it to anybody that is just like a fan of music in general. You know. Nice. What movie have you seen the most in your life? What movie have I seen the most in my life? Again, you know, growing up. Every summer, all the kids would stay at my house. All the cousins would stay at my house. All the kids in the neighborhood would come over to my house. You had to watch Sound of Music. <laughs> you had to watch Little Orphan Annie. <laughs> and every Easter, you had to watch... Um, I forget what it's called now, but there was, there, there was, a, there was a, a, a Jesus movie every oh, yeah. Easter that you would have to, you would have to watch. That's I think ja I think Jack Palance was in it, or maybe again that mixed oh, up. That's funny. So that is not necessarily a good question for me to answer. <laughs> no, but it's, it's would, always like it's yeah, never your favorite. Yeah, yeah. I would say my favorite is probably City of Angels. Ah, oh, that's a good. Movie. Just because you know, I think that Nicolas Cage is, a, is an amazing actor, and um, he he falls from heaven to become a real boy. Mm. 
and then loses the one thing that he loves the most. Yeah. And I've always find that to be very profound. I'm also a fan of the Royal Tenenbaums, you know. Yeah. And in fact, you know, I, I, I find all Wes Anderson movies to be to be very captivating, both For in sure. terms of the visual representation and the storyline as well. And in terms of the the good good movies that I've seen recently. Um I watched the Florida Project, mm. which stars um, Willem Dafoe, and a friend of mine, Mella, is in it. One of our old dancers is in it, randomly. I didn't even know oh, that. Oh. I, just, I, w I was watching it, and yeah, one of our old dancers is in it. So that was actually very good. Nice. And I watched um, Call Me By Your Name, yeah. which was good. All, in, all the money in the world. Yeah, so there's been some interesting films lately, you know. I, 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 I'm bad at watching the TV at home, um, but I kind of catch them on the, on the plane every sure. now and then, you know, yeah. so yeah. All right, last question. Can you pick a favorite DJ? Can I pick a favorite DJ? Um, I think it would have to be... It depends, you know, I mean, it's like picking up your favorite song. You know, it, it depends. It's an unfair question. It depends. Sure. On, it's not necessarily an unfair question, but it really leads you to think, you know. I think in terms of genres, um, David, Rod David Rodigan, definitely one of my favorite entertainers of all time. Yeah. Um, I come from sound system culture, so I have to say Babyface and Tony Mataran from King of These, mm. which is probably going to go over some people's heads, but... That's but, okay, we but, can take and I'd have to say Rocktacon because Rocktacon um, and Diplo were two of the first DJs that I saw when I first started, you know, came to America and started, um, you know, um, going to these type of mashup parties that were, you know, and they were playing pop music and then they were playing Be More House and then they were playing, you know, um, soca music or dance or whatever. So yeah. that Rocktacon. Um, and definitely masses at work, you know. I spent many late nights, you know, staying up, you know, staying up till, you know, four or five in the morning to go and see, you know, um, Kenny Dope, who is now a, 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 a friend, perform, sure. you know. Yeah. I, I I first got introduced to electronic music through house music, you know, mm -hmm. so so these guys always have and always Kerry Chandler have have always fascinated me. Um Dan, Danny Tinaglia. Um I forget who else. There's a there's a guy who used to do um seven one eight sessions in the basement of Santos. Mm. Tony Toker, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, the list goes on. I think that I, 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 I wouldn't be able to choose a Rich Medina. Changed my life I mean, when I first also when I went to my first ways. jump on funk. You know, yeah, you know. So, so there are a lot of there are a lot of DJs that I have seen through time that have just been like, wow, this is fascinating to me. You know, yeah. this is crazy how this person is able to take ownership of this crowd. You know, um, so, sure. yeah. So yeah, it, and, it, and again, it depends. On the, on the genre as well, you know. Uh, Carl Cox is fantastic, yeah. you know. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to choose a favorite, but I, I, I will say that, you know, there are some people that when I see them playing, you know, I when I see them on a lineup or I see them in my city, I definitely want to go and, and check it out, you know.
Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, what's up with Feel Up Records? What's, what's, what's up with Feel Up Records? Um, we have a new, we have a, a release coming out soon by a guy called T Cleef from uh, I forget which part of Africa he's from. The song is called Apart. Uh, it was out for a little while, so we're doing a we did a license and a re-release on that. We're gonna um, be doing a lyric video, and you know, putting some strength behind that. Um, I have a couple of songs that are in the works right now that hopefully will be out by the summertime, and just continue to work with, with, with young talent. We have a, a radio show on Sirius XM. Um, the channel is called The Flows Revolution, and we have a radio we have a one-hour radio show every Friday night um, where we feature, um, you know, just Caribbean music, world music, and you know, just mixes mixes from from DJs and producers all around the world, you know. So, yeah, we continue to do to do what needs to be done. That's tough. Yeah. Right on, man. I appreciate you coming through. Thank you for having me. Yo, that was Julianaire on Rebel Radio. I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Make sure you leave us a comment on Twitter or Facebook at Rebel Radio Net. Check our YouTube channels for videos of some of our episodes. And most importantly, come back next week more Rebel Radio. Peace.